Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, I'm the Gnarly Gnome. This is Sensi Brewcast. It's the voice of Sensi Craft, and uh, this is this is a show about about a lot of things, but it's about an event that I look forward to all year long, starting around December 10th, I think is when I start looking forward to the event next year. This is one of my favorite things that happens in Cincinnati. It was uh, the first of its kind in Cincinnati, and a lot of people have tried to uh, put their own spin on the idea and do it themselves, and it never has the same punch as uh, as Dark Charge Day does. Uh, Evan, Jake, welcome back to the show, guys. I don't know the last time I had you both on the show it's been a at while, the same no? time. It's been, it's, been, it's been a very long time. Uh, the last time that I had either one of you on the show, I think, was right around the time, no, it was right, no, we did one right before COVID about, yeah. uh, uh, about Grader's Beer, I think. And even that didn't end up being anything, <laughs> man. <laughs> There's a, there's a lot of different rabbit holes yeah. that we're going to try not to go down to on the show about the last couple of years and how things have gone. But uh, we, I definitely want to talk, talk about Dark Charge uh, yeah. primarily because I am so excited for this year. Um, we, uh, I mean, we can, we can spill the beans now. So we're recording this before anything has been announced, before uh, anything has really happened. But it, the, when you guys are listening to this, this is well after... Um, uh, well, after you've heard me yelling about it for the last couple of weeks, so uh, there's some fun stuff that we're going to talk about. But before we do that, we got to drink a beer because uh, beer it is well into the afternoon and I have not had a beer yet today. So uh, you guys graciously uh, snagged me a uh, Jubilee. Yeah. Um, I, I'm not going to call this a Christmas beer yet because it's not. I'm not ready for that. Um, but it is a delicious <laughs> IPA. <laughs> Tell me a little bit about this beer and kind of the, the choice of. Um, going a little different with a we'll call it a a wintery beer um you guys you guys the first one you did was snow shovel the first like winter beer yeah. and i loved that but that is straight up christmas beer uh rum barrel aged it was it was, it was like a, it was it was as winter as winter could be this goes that other direction that i i like a lot <laughs> yeah this is the third year we've brought this back i yeah. think um one of my favorite ipas we make um, over the years, we've done several different Christmas-themed beers. Uh, like you said, you mentioned Snow Shovel. Then we did the Rum Barrel Age Snow Shovel. We had Kringle and Claws. Claws, yeah. Uh, the old peppermint milk stout. Um, and so we just wanted to go a different route, um, something that was still big, warm, kind of gave you that, that kind of bear hug you're used to, you know, 30-degree days out, but with a hoppy punch. Well, it reminds me, in a really weird way, it reminds me more of kind of the festivities around uh, the holiday season, you know, hanging out with friends and family and kind of that communal thing of just hanging out and just, just drinking. It's not like curled up by a fireplace and having a big, tall, big stout or something, you know, like it's, it's the other side of the holiday season, that, you know, that communal thing of just hanging out and knocking back a bunch of craft beer. And a lot of that sometimes is IPAs. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what what talk about this IPA specifically? What all goes into this? Uh, what what makes this what it is? Yeah, absolutely. So we really dove into the water chemistry on this one. Um, so we we went hard to match the water profile of. Um, you went hard into going into the water. You didn't go really we hard. We didn't go. Water. Yeah, we didn't go really hard water. <laughs> we went. We went. We we went hard into the chemistry books, if you will, um, to to really drive that uh, California IPA water profile. Um, and we played around with the hops a lot. So the first edition is actually uh, Warrior Extract, so it's CO2 extract versus pellets. Um, it's double dry hopped, 
Um, and it has a lot of different varieties. Um, CTZ, uh, the Warrior Extract, Amarillo, Simcoe. Um, I think there's like five or six different varieties that they all play really, really well together. Right. Um, so we were really looking for that kind of citrus punch, but like a, a subtle pine backbone that really balanced it and rounded it out. It does give it some more of that kind of uh, Christmassy vibe to the pineness of it. Um, but do you think that there are people that will like pass this over because they think it's a Christmas beer that would just absolutely fall in love with this? Do you I think that happens or do you think people are smart I, enough now to kind of get it? It's a great, that's a good question. Yeah. I, I think with it being back its third year, maybe not, you know, and it, we call it a hoppy holiday IPA, you know, right. so we're calling it out on the label. <laughs> yeah. But I just, you know, like people are so, and maybe I'm wrong about this, but I feel like people are so fickle when they're buying things and they just are glancing over stuff and just not really paying attention to anything. Yeah. And, you there's know, a lot I, of options down there. There are. I mean, there's there a are. lot of options. I I could I could easily uh, get by on the amount of beer that I drink just going to the store, going to the singles aisle, and just picking up singles of you know x amount of beers every week, and not repeat anything, and, yeah. and get by just fine with that. Now I wouldn't satisfy me as a beer drinker sometimes, but like there's a lot of stuff out there. I mean, even, you know, like, you know, we, we talk about dark charge and you know, when, when dark charge came out and when dark charge day became a thing, like the, yeah, there were Imperial stouts around town, but there weren't like release days like that for Imperial stouts that I can think of. Like there was, there was nobody doing like a series of, you know, adjuncted stouts with a base one and you know, all bourbon barrel aged and like, that didn't exist here. You look at it now. And like, I, I, you have to pick and choose. You have to like, all right, I'm going to, yeah. I know I'm going to get my, you know, my dark charge allotment, but you know, then, I, oh man, there's, you know, Demogorgon. I got to get some Demogorgon. Oh, family tradition. Like you start going down this list and you put them and then you have to start prioritizing. Okay. Well, I'm going to, especially if they all come out around the same time, you got <laughs> to prioritize. Like these are the ones that are important to me. And these ones, yeah, if somebody has one and they're sharing it, I'm going to try it. But uh, like, and that goes for every single style of beer. It's yeah. like, it's, you have to find some way to stand out or, or, or go a different road and, and try something different that somebody else isn't doing, which Hoppy Holiday IPA. <laughs> no, but even there are other Hoppy Holiday kind of IPAs around. Like, they, like they, it, even that exists. Yep. Like, it's, it's crazy that there's, you know, it's hard, to be, uh, it's hard to be innovative and to do something that other people aren't doing already. Um, I mean, it's, it's beer. They've been doing it for centuries. It's yeah. <laughs> not surprising that it's... Um, Let's talk about Dark Charge. Uh, let's go straight into it. Talk about the birth of Dark Charge the, and, and kind of how we got where we are today with the beer. Yeah. So, I, I mean, Evan can highlight more about the beer itself, but the idea of Dark Charge was, was pretty simple. In fact, we was, I want to say, the second or third beer we ever brewed because when we opened in March, we knew that a big Imperial Stout was something that we really wanted to celebrate for a couple of reasons. One, we're in Kentucky. Like, we felt like we had some claim to barrel aging more so than others. You have to do something our, with bourbon. Just because of our, <laughs> just because of our geolocation. They'll, they'll right? and, yeah, exactly. Um, and then on top of that, you know, the, the reality is, is that Bourbon County Brand Stout by Goose Island is the beer that got me into craft. And, and every year, even now, I, truck chasing is a little different now. But, but even now, I make sure that I pick up an allotment from the party source from all these local retailers to get as much as I can. And it wasn't really about just the collection. It was just the mere fact that it was the first beer that I ever had in my life that made me feel differently about the category. Like, holy cow, beer can taste this way, and I can really enjoy it in a different way. And they're adjuncted, and they're unique, and they're whatever. So 
when we sat down and, and launched Braxton, you know, I had, I had asked Evan, you know, Hey, like we need to do this. And the first arc charge was hilarious, right? I mean, it's in the tap room. Ironically, we had a couple of really big bands, but we wanted to celebrate everything that is Northern Kentucky, that is community, that is beer. And, and then it's grown. So this is yeah. its eighth year. Uh, we joked a little bit before we're making it two days this year. So it's the dark charge winter block party. There's a lot of reasons we'll get into why we're doing that. But, you know, from the beer perspective, Evan, Evan can talk a little bit about how we approach it. But, you know, we're at any given time managing four to six hundred barrels, bourbon barrels worth of beer at our barrel house location. And it's just so much fun. Like, it's it's my favorite. Like, I think hands down, probably my favorite aspect of the company. Like, and so much unique stuff comes out of that barrel aging facility. I mean, just this weekend, we released the birthday cake, which was a, a beer to honor Barrel House's third anniversary. And it sold out the day of because it was so delicious. Like, so there's there's just a lot of things going on that I'm, I'm pumped about. Well, and, uh, you know, not to go down a rabbit hole this early into the show, but you know, talk about the unique stuff coming out of there. That's You've got this whole private barrel thing, yeah. too, that happens. So, like, retailers or even people, you know, any anybody can, can get a barrel of beer that is, that is theirs and then kind of go a different direction with it. And each one of those is this unique thing. And as a beer drinker like that, it's it's awesome and it is so frustrating when I see another one pop up. I'm like, oh man, now I got to get over here to go grab a bottle of this and try this thing that somebody did. Uh, it is such a cool thing and such a uh, such a fun way as as beer fans to kind of start spreading that around yeah. and to give give people some kind of thing that they that is you know. Well, bourbon's uh, been doing it for so long that we we you know when we when we embarked on the Barrel House facility. We have picked up so many barrels from retail partners that are like, hey, I just did a private pick. I've got seven bourbon barrels freshly dumped. You want to make us a beer? And we're like, you know what? There's, there's something to this. There's yeah. something to that experience that makes it really special. <clears throat> so you're going to see us focus on that a lot more in 2023. Uh, you know, we, we did about, I want to say, 21 different barrel projects this year with, with partners and with customers. I think we're we're looking to really grow that next year. I love it. I, you know, th- what's neat about Dark Charge also for me is you know you talk about that first year where you know you guys released the unbarreled version, you released <laughs> the barrel aged version, and then a couple uh, adjuncted versions, and then uh, you know as as time went on, then Dark Charge took on this uh, this cuvee kind of personality of you know this is the profile of what this beer is supposed to be, and we're going to combine different ages and different barrels and things to kind of create that thing that this is this beer is supposed to be and that again it it shows kind of that start of it of like we just want to make this thing this this thing's in our head and then okay now how do we keep making that better and keep turning that into something that is um can stand the test of time and kind of develop a real personality around it and i, I think it's yeah cool. it, i do miss unbarrel aged dark charge like that is something that i don't think we'll ever bring back but it's so good by itself <laughs> unbarrel aged uh, and every year, I think I say the favorite variant, and I love adjuncted stouts, don't get me right. wrong, but the base barrel-aged stout is truly special. Um, and, and that's part of the reason we took on that, that cuvee uh, direction was to make sure that, you know, the last three or four years, the base has been not just my favorite, but like the team's favorite because yeah. it, it showcases that barrel so well. Uh, so how do we maintain that? You know, how do we make sure that that product is consistent year after year? Well, it just shows growth as as a company too, and as as a brewery, and as you know, the 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 art of brewing is one thing, but the the science of brewing is a whole different thing that some people never quite understand. They're they're artists, but they never quite get a hold over that uh, 
uh, that other side of it. The, I mean, not to call it a, a factory, but I mean, there is something to that of yeah. creating a product that is consistent and that you know what it's going to be when you get it. And there's, there's some very big breweries that still don't understand that at all. And that's frustrating as a drinker sometimes, but, um, the adjuncts are, uh, how do you guys develop that as a team? How does that process happen? Is there just a massive list somewhere on a whiteboard? Of there, like, here's there the, is. There's, there's, a lot of, there's a lot of meetings, a lot of beers, a lot of fist fights. Uh, a, lot of, a lot of industry comparisons and samplings <laughs> sure. and uh, many Uber rides home. Um, no, it, it really is. It's a collaborative process. Uh, so it'll be, you know, we open up to ideas. We, we use Slack as an internal messaging uh, platform company-wide, there's a Slack channel that is beer ideas. Right. Uh, so at any point in time, people can submit beer ideas in there. We'll have conversations about them. Um, and, and realistically, we, you know, we have daily conversations. Then it turns into meetings, and you're having tastings. And it's everyone from marketing and accounting to bar staff to production employees uh, bringing their ideas to the table and then really sifting through what makes the most sense. And, and the cool thing about it, Noam, is we have a, we have a pretty... I think a pretty solid framework for what a successful dark charge looks like. Like, you know, to your point, there there is a finite wallet that, you know, you, you can't do 12 variants a year because it's just, it's not nice to your customer who wants to try them all. And what's unique about this product is it does, it does, it's one of the few products that truly does, you know, get better with age. So we find that most of our fans of dark charge are buying two of everything that they want. Uh, if if not more, and that's why it really it really allows us to to build that that framework, which is you know you know you have base. Each one of our facilities gets its own variation based on what it plays with, uh, and then our builders, the the people who supported us from day one on Kickstarter, vote on a variant every year, and then from there it's what's really inspiring to either our team, our marketing team, our brewing team. And this year, you know, I, I say this every year, and it it does sound cliche, but. <laughs> But this year, I think a couple of things, you know, I think the variants themselves were an incredible compromise between brewing and marketing. It's the first year where, you know, at the end of the day, sometimes marketing and, and sales will be like, no, this is what we're doing. These are the trends. Just make us this beer. Right. And that it's a little self-serving, right? It, it's just, you know, soulless. And this year it was it was one of the concepts was brought to the table early on is you know, we, we need to celebrate this trend that's happening in beer and do it really special. So we did while also creating the collaboration, which is something that we're so proud of. I think it's probably the way that we've been able to grow the way that we have just working with some of the amazing companies here in Cincinnati to yield, you know, seven variants this year that are all truly unique and special. Eight. Well, I wasn't going to talk about the eighth. <laughs> That's a surprise. <laughs> Which are, are there any ones that we are going to talk about tonight? Because, like I said, this is happening in the past where nobody really knows any of this stuff. Although you guys, your picture that you put in the email—if you—if you, if you increase saw. the brightness, yeah, we like, saw. Yeah, we yeah. see them all. I saw. <laughs> I know. Let me tell you. <laughs> Quick way to ruin a Saturday, no? Quick way to ruin a Saturday. I, uh, I, I do that all the time. Um, Whenever somebody sends out one of those pictures, I'm, I'm throwing in Photoshop, and I'm like, all right, what can I get out of this? Oh, and I'm like, man. oh, I see this one, and I'm, I'm not going to say anything. <laughs> well, like, 
the pat the, so the Another quick rabbit hole. Yeah. When I first started the beer blog, I would have jumped on that so fast. That would have been up on Twitter and Instagram and, and all of that stuff, blowing it up. And now I'm like, oh, I feel bad putting this out there. I, I can't say anything. I can't, oh, I can't say anything. Really uh, you, my, my soul as the gnome has been killed over the years of trying to spoil surprises. <laughs> um, so I'm assuming you edit some of this and all of that. Like, yeah. Okay. Yeah. When does this air? It can edit. It can air either this coming Monday or the following Monday. So I don't know those Let's dates. Let's do the following Monday. So the following Monday would be because I'd like to talk about them because I think it's so going to make this a lot more the, interesting. The following Monday would be the twenty eighth, right? The, yes. So on the twenty eighth, we will have released everything. Perfect. Well, we'll so do, let's we'll do let's talk about it. So now I have to remember to cut that <laughs> every, little part. Well, I'll just leave that part. Does that lot, like what? Where does that put us on? Variants? Everything will be out. Everything. So. So the first two uh, base was announced like today. A, should we do like an action? Yeah. <laughs> so he knows how to edit action. it back, in, edit, edit back I in. have to look at everything with that video yeah. now anyway. So. <laughs> okay, here we go. No, so, um, so when we think about the variants this year, every year uh, we, we have the base, which is a right. phenomenal cuvee that Evan talked about. Uh, this year it's a three-year blend, I believe. Yep. Yep, 20, 21, 22. Yep. Which is Again, just the science and uniqueness that goes into making that consistently is is astonishing to me. On the builder side of things, we kind of we kind of put guardrails on it, you know, because we we there are some flavors that just don't work incredibly well with imperial stout, but but they they voted and it was it made a ton of sense. Triple vanilla, um, you know, we we do a vanilla some sort of vanilla variant every year, and this year um, it it isn't. It isn't just, oh, wow, we have a lot of vanilla. Let's put it in a barrel. There's some uniqueness to that that I think Evan can highlight. Yeah, I mean, that you've got the key areas in the world that, you know, vanilla beans come from with Madagascar. Madagascar is the only being, one I being, know. Being, the, being one <laughs> of them. I guess there's Mexican vanilla, too. I've heard that. Yeah, so you, <laughs> we blended from three of the primary regions, which is Madagascar, Tahitian. Tahitian, yeah. Tahitian, and then Indonesian. Um, and so really, um, it's not necessarily three times the vanilla, but it's blending those three types of beans. And I mean, don't get me wrong. There's a lot of vanilla in that beer. Uh, it's a really, really good variant. Um, our finance team, when we bring in vanilla for dark charge, they have to put it in the safe. It's, yeah. I mean, it's, <laughs> it's just, <laughs> uh, I've, I've had many conversations with Brett up at, at urban about some of that stuff. Yeah, it's <laughs> insane. It is insane. <laughs> so that one we're, we're super excited about. Uh, on the barrel age side of things, on the barrel house side of things, rather, uh, we always do something unique there, and we allow the, the wood to speak for the variant. So it isn't adjuncted. It's it's really just what kind of unique barrels can we get. That was the orange curacao last yeah, year. orange curacao, and the, peach brandy. The peach brandy. Uh, oh, cognac. Man. That, that no, the orange one just gets better and better and better every time I've tried it. I don't know if that's just coming through the headphones or if that's actually going into the... It, it it just gets better and better. Like yeah. it just is so freaking good, and yeah. I think I'm out of it now. <laughs> the uh, my favorite that came from that series was Barrel House's first year, and that was the, the, the cognac. Yeah, it was phenomenal. Well, and this year, um, this year we were able to grab uh, some cinnamon whiskey barrels. Oh yeah. So and it's a, not, yeah, it just it's one of those things that really it it could sound off putting because I know you either you either love cinnamon whiskey yeah. or you hate cinnamon whiskey. Well, fireball pops into everybody's head. Exactly, and there are. Some cinnamon whiskeys that are just way better. Yeah, that, that's not even a whiskey. And fi- like, fi- Fireball's not, not barrel aged, right? So this is a bar- this is a barrel aged cinnamon whiskey. Oh man! Um, and so you're getting you're just getting that depth like baking cinnamon uh, with a lot of like like soft wood and um, vanilla. It's oh. it's really really good. 
it's got a little bit of a heat to it. Right. It, it's phenomenal. Man, that sounds great. Yeah. That's that's right up my alley. Then uh, rounding out the last of what we call the core four variants, um, Braxton Labs, because the facility has gone away, it's not branded Braxton Labs anymore. It's just a variant that Zach gets to create uh, from from inception. And this one he's super pumped about, and I'm, I'm excited as well. It's maple pecan. Oh. So everything that we loved uh, about graders last year, brown butter bourbon pecan, uh, comes back but gets a different spin on it. Instead of that brown butter flavor, you're getting that nice mapleness and just the sweetness that comes through in, in the barrel. It's it's pretty special. Maple is one of those things, a lot like vanilla, that like as soon as you put just a little bit in a beer, everybody tends to lose their minds. Yeah, yeah it's incredible. <laughs> yeah. You might not be able to, if somebody doesn't tell you, you might not be able to pick out exactly what that thing is. But, man, it just, especially with a big stout like that, it just makes it taste so much better. Yeah. <laughs> it just rounds it all out. So then, then we move into the, the unique stuff. And this is, this is what I'm most proud of with Dark Charge is not just the product, but, but also the packaging. Our, our team really pushes the boundaries on packaging every year. Um, so much so that I think this year we could, I think we're going to try to enter uh, one of the variants into some awards because it's just, it's so special. But we introduced back in 2019 a collaboration variant. And the idea was, you know, we, we are, really proud to work with other companies and, and right. work with them on what they do best. We learn a lot, not just in product creation, but just a lot of, you know, how to run better businesses. And we started with, um, with Papa Sopper cream. Oh yeah. Which was truly, oh, I truly special. I forgot about that. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> and then moved into graders was the second run. Um, and, and that was a, uh, that was the brown butter bourbon pecan ice cream, just an amazing variant. This year, uh, we, we reached out to, to the Buskin family. Um, and, and really, you know, we, we try to think about those iconic flavors that are Cincinnati, that make Cincinnati great. And there's You really, made a yellow smiley face stout. There's literally nothing more <laughs> iconic than the smiley cookie. Um, are you kidding? That, is that? so yeah. we created a yes. uh, funny story. They can't call it smiley cookie because there's actually a baker in Pennsylvania who owns that mm. trademark. So it's called Really Happy Cookie. Oh, I love it. Oh, I love it so much. Um, And they've been just such a fascinating team to work with. Like, you know, the the activations that we're going to do at the event are going to be really special. And and Molly on our design team took just an incredible approach at the the throwback 70s. So it comes in a tube. It's got this really great personality. And it's very unexpected from Dark Charge. Uh, And just a lot of fun stuff will be happening. I mean, they're going to be giving away cookies and, you know, a lot of different fun activations. Well, Dark Charge has this uh, this this personality of you know this big dark you know you know the stout that could light a city you know this yeah, big kind of bold right. personality and then like when you do this stuff like be it the the breakfast box or the the cake box or you know like those things that are kind of not that at all like it just it it it, it feels so good and it yeah. feels so right for you know what Dark Charge how it can kind of grow and how it can poke at some other things and. Um, you guys, I, I, I think I say it every year that like, I'm just always so impressed at how you manage to, um, to take these, the, this thing that you've done and kick it up just another little notch. We try every, we try every year. year. Yeah. And I we just try. wait, I wait for that year that you guys fall on your face with it. It just never happens. <laughs> I hope that never happens. Um, I really hope that never happens. So, so then, you know, to, to round out the variants that are expected, you know, we, we've always, you know, you mentioned the cake box, which yeah. was our first foray into a box set. Uh, that then morphed into the cereal box, and then last year became something really special, which was the Distiller Select, which is, you know, if you look at trends across our industry, a lot of our, you know, our, 
we'll call them beer nerds, but passionate beer customers have really migrated to bourbon. Um, they're still doing beer, beer to some extent, right. but but those, you know, that, that, that big passion that was there in 2015 is, is getting a little bit of bourbon into it. So, you know, we, we think of Dark Charge as this collision of bourbon and beer. Like, that's what makes it so special. And so we wanted to bring back the box set, but we didn't want to just replicate what we did last year with, with the distillery arm to it. And this is where I think the, the real kind of level set between our passionate brewing team and our marketing team came together to create something really special. Uh, we call it, we're, we're calling it Dark Charge Roasters Reserve. Um, and it is, it is really, really special in that it's a three box set, a three bottle set, but each bottle we sat with three of the best coffee roasters here in Cincinnati and worked integrate or intimately with them to create a variant that highlighted a unique piece of their roast or coffee or blend. And so, uh, Urbana was the first one and they, they worked with this flow coffee company, uh, to create a really special cold brew that we created into a variant then Deeper Roots, uh, used a Mexican origin coffee, single origin roast uh, to create something really special. Brazilian. It's Brazilian? Yeah, the um, the Mexican coffee is Urbana. Oh, okay. My apologies. So so then uh, we, we rounded out with Coffee Emporium, who used their Mackinac Island fudge. And each one just gets adjuncted and creates this really unique flavor profile. And we package all of them in a five-pound coffee bag. <laughs> That's awesome. And so the, the branding so just came awesome. out to be beautiful. It's gorgeous. And I don't know, it was, it was a trend that we were really interested in. We, when we sat down to talk about variants this year, trying to figure out the direction to take that box set, it gets, like you were talking earlier, it gets more difficult every year, right? Like the last year, the distiller select box was one of my favorite projects I got to work on, working with those distillers and blenders at each distillery. An awesome experience. Sure. How do you take it a level above, maintain that same um, uniqueness and premiumness that that really drives that kind of three bottle set? Um, and we've never focused on an adjunct solely. Um, so you know, we had a coffee variant year one, year two, and I believe it died off in year three. Um, and to to partner with something that pairs with this particular beer so well uh, and experts in their field. Um, you know, the, the flow, the folks at flow created this like super coffee extract. Um, cool. It like the, the, the technology that they use to get that coffee to us to, for us to put it in the beer is unlike anything I've ever seen. Um, and so it just gives you a lot of different opportunity. It, how you add the beans when if you, you, add if you like, dip your finger in the extract do you get jittery just it, by I mean, it's, <laughs> so so yeah i mean it's pretty exciting and it's not necessarily just three different types of coffees you know it's it's you got the mackinac island fudge you've got this mexican coffee with urbana and uh the um bobo link brazilian single origin right so now you're taking a coffee that is you know this is a single origin coffee it's right. from this particular region in brazil they were in in deeper roots works directly with the growers to get that coffee imported and then so like there's just a lot of different connections that go into into that beer on the on the drinking side too like i you know those box sets some more than others like i appreciate when one comes out that it's like i i need to open all three of these at the same time i need to get a group of friends together we need to sit around and we need to drink these and kind of see the difference between them. When you say, oh, we've got three coffee stouts, it's like, okay, well, I'll drink one one night and one the other night, and then, no, that, that misses the whole point of it. The yeah. point is to be able to try them together and see those differences and taste 
how different one beer can be from the next one. The distiller's box was similar to that. I mean, you had some different spirits in there, but, um, you know, the idea that you could have um, one that was made with a with a rye and one that was a bourbon, which some people kind of think are very similar, like to be able to try them yeah. next week, you be like, no, do you see the difference now? Yeah. Like, I, I think that uh, sometimes people lose some of that that connection between different releases in a in a series like this like it's like oh yeah well this one has you know whatever variant of this is i'm trying to make up something that doesn't call somebody out you know like this this is we'll just say this is a vanilla stout and this one here is a coffee stout like those are clearly different beers and they're going to taste different and so you just you don't put them next to each other but when you have something that is on paper the same thing but then when you try them are different i think that that really starts to shine a spotlight on what to me this is supposed to be about but uh, you know, yeah. not, this is about me, but <laughs> no, it absolutely is. It absolutely is. <laughs> Look, I really, really hate taking a break in the middle of this episode to to talk about anything uh, because it's a great episode. But uh, this is something that is worthy of talking about because it's our sponsor for this week. Uh, let's dive into it. Manscaped.com. Uh, you guys know Manscaped. If you've listened to the show on any regular basis, you know that uh, we support Manscaped. The Manscaped supports us, and we appreciate them doing that immensely. And we want you to support them uh, in return. We're, we're getting through the Thanksgiving season and we're headed into the chaos of shopping. Uh, Christmas time is coming fast and I know that you're looking for that perfect present to get the person in your life, whoever that person is, uh, Manscaped has something for them. Uh, it's not just about trimming your balls, you guys. Uh, you, you, you people, uh, if you're a man, if you're a woman, it doesn't matter. There is something on the website that you can get uh, that the, 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 the person in your life that you're looking to shop for will appreciate. Uh, just go to manscaped.com, look around. Uh, there's everything from like deodorant and body wash. There's a shampoo conditioner hybrid thing that you can buy, and it's all fantastic. All of their products are things that I stand behind, at least everything that I've used, and I've used a bunch of it. Uh, so get on there and try, try some stuff out. You can go and you can go to manscaped.com, use the code GNOME, and you can get a really exclusive deal, which we'll talk about. Um, but I want to emphasize um, that there is something for everybody. I think that gets lost sometimes when I talk too much about balls, uh, which I know is kind of the, the gimmick of Manscaped. Uh, but there's more to it. <laughs> Just go to, uh, go to manscaped.com. In fact, for 20% off and free shipping, use the code GNOME at manscaped.com. That's right. It's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com. Use the code GNOME. That's G-N-O-M-E. Be thankful this holiday season for the best gift of all for manscaped.com. Uh, your balls or your favorite podcaster here on Cincy Brewcast. Uh, well, thank you. <laughs> I've been drinking. I'm sorry. Let's get back to the show because... Uh, you know, that's, I was drinking then too. Uh, I'm always drinking. That's kind of the point of this. Uh, Manscaped.com. Thank you, and, and thank you, Manscaped. <laughs> and then the last one is is the big surprise. So um, we first we, year we've done the first eight year. variants. Yeah, first year we've done eights. So we had to introduce an eighth, and, and here's why. You know. This is the collision because that list gets bigger and bigger. You just have to eventually. <laughs> <laughs> no, this this is the collision of bourbon and beer. And so we were um, we were approached early in the year by an organization in Northern Kentucky called the Beeline, 
Uh, and the Beeline is this remarkable group of basically the extension of the bourbon trail in northern Kentucky. We have five distilleries in northern Kentucky. There's nine bars and I think 18 or some odd restaurants that qualify. And they came to us and they were like, look, you, you did this thing to store select last year. It was really unique. But we, we really think that Dark Charge is truly special for the region. And we think the event is a great example to show off everything that is northern Kentucky. Right. And we were honored by that. I mean, honestly, we look up to a lot of the distillers because it's, I mean, it's, it's a different model altogether. And so we worked with them to create, I think, one of the most unique variants we've ever done. So we, we created a double barrel-aged beer, but it's actually triple barrel-aged. Um, we worked closely with Boone County Bourbon, New Riff, and Old Pogue to take Dark Charge in each of their barrels. Okay. And basically blended that together after triple barrel aging and adjuncted it with basically what we're calling salted pretzel bourbon ball. And it is it is one of the more unique flavors. The Beeline is going to have a really big experience here. Um, they're taking over the lounge on the second floor. The distillers will be present to talk about their bourbon. We'll be serving up the bourbon. But it it. What we're doing with this variant, I think, is is really special in that um, you can only get it if you're here. I like that a lot. Um, and so, you know, we, we we talk a lot about this. And, and you know, we look, we, we've grown a lot over the past eight years. We're really proud of what we've done. But there are some things that we miss. And the pandemic really untethered the bottle release from the event uh, because it had to. The event couldn't happen in 2020. We did some small scale visit each tap room, but it wasn't the same. And since then, you know, the world has changed. I mean, it, it just has. And I don't know that there will ever be a day that Dark Charge doesn't pre-sell on the internet any right. longer. It just, it's just better for everyone. Um, easier for us to manage and all of that. But, but we missed the camaraderie. I don't think I'm going to say it's better for everyone. I'm going to say that there are, <laughs> there, are, there are good things about it for sure, everyone. Sure, there we go. <laughs> We, we, missed, we missed the camaraderie in the community that existed in the line that formed at 11 p.m. the night before. Um, and, and, you know, I think we really wanted to pay homage to that by celebrating the people that will come down here uh, for the event with us. And so with that, you know, we, we really, really put a lot of thought into this. And we know we'll take some flack for it, but you're only going to be able to get the Beeline bottle if you show up at the event. I like that a lot. I, you know, there... There are a lot of releases that I, I I order online that I feel like I shouldn't be able to. <laughs> like it, it takes away. Like I, I enjoy being able to get them, but like I I miss I miss some of that. Um, not the exclusivity of it, but like just that idea of um, needing to be somewhere and take part in an experience to 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 get the whole thing. Like I, I you know if you order some of these beers online, get them dropped off on your doorstep and then crack them open sitting while you're watching, you know, housewives or whatever one of these shows are. I don't <laughs> yeah. know how I watch this bluey anymore, but you know, like whatever the current show is that you're supposed to watch. Uh, the beer is not the same as if you stand out here in the rain. It always rains <laughs> when yeah. there's a line, um, you know, you stand out in the cold rain with your friends, drinking a few beers. Um, and then, you know, in the morning, you know, come in and buy your bottle. Like it, it, it tastes different, yeah. and it, it we're, we're we're missing some of that in craft beer, and um, it's it's probably not 
the you, you will get flack for it, and so maybe it's yeah. not maybe it's not the uh, maybe it's not the easiest choice to make, but I think it's the right one. Yeah, and I mean, look, it it's it's a special event, right? And the event is to celebrate the beer, and you know, we're gonna stick with it. So how does that work with uh, a two-day dark charge <laughs> weekend? Yeah, <laughs> two-day dark charge. Um, so basically, you know, wh- that was the other decision that we made, which was, you know, the event has really taken on a life of its own. If we could expand it to Friday and Saturday, what would that look like, and how would that how would that morph? It allows us the ability to bring in some acts. The music we're bringing in is probably the it's bigger than Paradise. The bigger music. I mean, these are two nationally touring bands in. Juice on Saturday night and Magic Giant on Friday night that, I mean, just they're going to bring down the house, which I'm super, super excited about. More of a focus on the tent than inside of the tap room. So you've got a lot of different activations. Like we're building a, a coffee shop inside of the event that is for Roasters Reserve. Um, the Buskin Experience is going to have this really unique uh, yellow Volkswagen photo booth. <laughs> uh, just, to, just to play homage to that 70s, you know, smiley face. Um, but But two-day Dark Charge was all about celebrating more of the community and and really driving home that you know we hear from a lot of people that that first saturday in december is really hard it just it's really hard it i mean no i mean it starts holiday parties starts fights it but is, it's like because you've got this on the calendar but these other things popped up and well it's on the calendar first so. <laughs> right right <laughs> and so and so you know we we thought long and hard and, and we'll tell you it is a risk like we, we don't know what's going to happen on friday and saturday but we think that there's by spreading it out across both days I will tell you, guest taps will be tethered to one day or the other. Like, it'll, it'll be a different experience that'll be unique enough for people to come back both days if they want to. Um, and then releasing the beer itself. You know, for us, the, the Beeline variant will go on sale on Friday. And, and if it makes it to Saturday, awesome. Um, what, what time does it go on sale on Friday? So the, the event opens up at 3 o'clock. So we're going to open the event at 3. It'll run till 11 p.m. I'd imagine it'll be close to 3. Um, but stay tuned to all of our social media as we right. work through this, Kings. Because I'll tell you that... There are some logistical challenges that we're working through right now. Um, it's easy to do dark charges one day on a Saturday when you open to close and dark charges happening. We open the brewery at 11 a.m. We don't want to start the outside until 3. Right. How do we navigate that? So I would just say there will be plenty of promotion around the beer itself um, and highlighting this partnership with Beeline. That just stay tuned to all of our social media and we'll make it very clear how to get it. I, I I think it'll be fun. Like I again, I, I we talked a little bit before we started recording. Like just getting getting my family to understand that now <laughs> now gotta gotta go two days, guys. <laughs> but it also like it it does make it a little easier as a drinker. You know, I I try to drink all of the variants uh, on draft the day of the event. Uh, that becomes a logistical nightmare yeah. as a person when you know somebody has to either Uber home, and I live on the other end of the universe <laughs> from Covington, or somebody's got to come pick me up. <laughs> yeah. Which is a very different ball game now with, with, with small children. Uh, you know, so to be able to split it into two days, and be like all right, this is what I'm going to drink this day, this is what I drink this day, and this is you can spread out the festivity. Like I, I do like that side of it, but yeah. um, it does take away a little bit of the uh, uh, the the chaos, sure. maybe. Sure. I, I think that chaos of it is is part of what 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 some of those memories that I have fall back on. But um, maybe that chaos will just turn into two days. <laughs> we'll see. Find we'll me see. sleeping in an alley Friday night. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this place has gone through a lot of changes in the last yeah. couple of years uh, um, for 
for lots of different reasons. There have been some that have been chaotic in their own in their own ways. Others have been just amazing. Opening this tap room up, getting rid of uh, I'm not gonna say getting rid of the garage. There's still a garage aspect, but removing that middle section that just kind of sucked a huge chunk of space out of the tap room um, have been changes in, in different directions. But um, talk about kind of coming out of. I shouldn't say coming out of COVID. People get mad when you say that, but coming out of the pandemic, we'll say. Um, how has that affected how you guys steer the ship and how, um, how's, where do you go from here? That's a great question. <laughs> um, that's a really great question. I, I will tell you that, you know, for us, we have, we've done a lot of internal reflection over the past six to eight months just really trying to understand, you know, the world has changed. I mean, it, it just has. And, you know, I, I don't, I don't get the warm and fuzzy about the next 12 months uh, being fantastic either. Uh, and so we really took a step back. Evan and I actually, we, we took a trip down to Asheville, North Carolina in the middle of August uh, for a long weekend away. And we sat in a cabin, actually, we really sat on Sierra Nevada's porch um, <laughs> and, and asked a series of just, you know, 25, 30, 40 questions about, what is Braxton? Where is Braxton fit? Um, because I, I think, unfortunately, uh, a lot of people are going to be forced to answer that question rather than proactively looking at that question. And we were really fortunate to be in a position where we can proactively look at it and really make the decision on our own. What, what do we want Braxton to be? And as we look at the future and we think about, you know, what is this craft world? Like, we have a brand in Garage Beer that is just truly setting the world on fire. I mean, the craft category is down 7%, garage is up 20 organically, and we know that we have legs there. It's, but if I can interrupt for one second, yeah. I will say, you know, I, I talk about how, you know, the uh, you could go and buy one single beer every week and, you know, get, get, Garage beer is the one beer that is always in my house. Well, I appreciate that. I, I also really do. stereotypically keep it in my garage, <laughs> but it's always there. I love it. I love it. Well, we, we are really proud of that. And, and, and you know, we, we look at it and we had to ask ourselves a question because garage beer, it has organic legs, like more so than anything we've seen since Vive, which is a you know time and place of Braxton that I will... If I could go back and do it all over again, I would 100% take the shot again. Uh, but it didn't work. I mean, it just didn't for a lot of reasons. I, I still believe that, you know, we loaded our entire marketing plan up against professional sports. And for the first time in a century, they canceled. But, <laughs> but so, you know. That's, we could do a whole show that, on yeah, that. I mean, yeah, we, we could. But, but you know, we, we aren't upset about it. Like we, but we had to look really hard at what, where does Braxton fit in the world? There are 9,000 approaching 10,000 craft breweries. And the category is declining. So shelf space is not going to grow and more entrants are going to continue to enter. Yeah. So you really have to think about what, what is it? And so we looked introspectively and we just said, look, we, while we learned a lot about scaling and what it takes to take something like Vive to truly regional, I don't necessarily know that we want to do that again. Like it, and, and Garage is a phenomenal brand. Like it's, it's absolutely remarkable to see what it's doing, but we were pretty content with letting it continually organically grow right. here in greater Cincinnati. And so as we look at it, we, we think about the dark charges of the world, the, the Oktoberfest in Covington, the, the things, what it really came down to when we talked and, and I'll let Evan chime in here in a minute, but it came down to 
when are you happiest and enjoying the business the most? I mean, look, Oof. it's it's beer, and it's 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 still work. Like it's it's fun. It's a great industry. I wouldn't trade it for the world. But there are times where it's like, you know what? I, I'm not really having a good time doing this. Like, right. So we we landed on, you know, we we really think that if we can put a lot of focus, energy, and effort into these tap rooms and really breathe life into them. So there's some fundamental changes that are happening here in Covington. We just announced a partnership with Dewey's, uh, bringing in real food, going to do some nice changes in here to, for, to make it refreshed a little bit for next year, and, and then look to open up a few more. Uh, and, and really, you know, we, we've got two locked and loaded that are going to come, we hope. Both of them will happen in 2023, and then two more to follow in 2024. Oof. And so as we look at this, we're like, we can be a great Cincinnati brewery. We can get back to paying real homage to the things that we care a lot about, the dark charges of the world. I mean, this, yeah. we joke, but dark charge does nearly take the entire company's focus for two full months, right? which is crazy to think about because it's a one day, two day event, right? And a beer release that you only make, you know, so many barrels worth, but it's, it's that payback to the community to do something truly special. Well, there's also like, if, if you ask the random Braxton fan, or we'll say 20 of them, you know, just, you know, some kind of word association, Braxton, what's, what's the first thing that pops in your mind? Like, I, I bet a good chunk of people are going to say Dark Charge. Yeah. Like, you'll get the Tropic Flair <laughs> folks, whatever, I, whatever. Fresh Tropic Flair. Fresh. 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 With, with dates on the cans. With we very <laughs> bold. With dates on the can. Very bold dates. Uh, man, there's. I feel like I should explain that because they, I don't know that anybody like, actually pays attention to all of those groups anymore. But um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, I don't know if everyone wants to chime in on it. But for us, it's 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 getting back to our roots, really focusing on Greater Cincinnati, putting the love back into the beers that we produce, and and growing, and and really, you know, taking it to as many customers as we can. Yeah, I, I mean, just to add to that, the the customer changed. Yeah. You know, through through the pandemic, post pandemic, the customer changed, and maybe maybe it's not the customer. The mentality of the customer changed so much to the point it's like, okay, how how do we change what we're doing to better fit the needs of the customer? Right? You're used to ordering online. Um, just try to make sure that our our service and everything from A to Z is buttoned up, right? right. Uh, especially as we dive into like, okay, we got two more, and then two more after that, like where. We need to make sure that A, you're given a reason to come to Braxton, and B, why are you coming back? Right. Um, and so it, it made us go back to the drawing board and and really redefine what that experience should be. Um, and and I'm excited to see where it goes, um, but but the the thought of having more potential events like Dark Charge at different locations is is very exciting. Well, that sounds a little frustrating to me as a beer drinker, though. <laughs> I, I can't tell you as a, as a dark charge bottle collector at this point, they just, there is a, little, a shelf dedicated to dark charge bottles. Uh, even when you guys really summed to Tavor that were slightly different yeah. than the ones that I could get, like that's frustrating. We caught a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah. We didn't do that again. Uh, yep. <laughs> I can say, hey, I have every dark charge. Nope. No, I don't. <laughs> so like as a, as a Braxton fan, like there is like some kind, especially as you guys start expanding in theory, expanding outside of kind of uh, my close bubble of places yeah. that I can get to easily. Um, like there is this fear that like, oh, okay, well then it, this the Braxton experience goes outside of uh, what I can be a part of. 
And does that take away from um, what that what that means to me as a customer? Like, yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, like Sierra Nevada. Maybe if you talk to somebody in Chico and they're like, "Oh yeah, Sierra Nevada was my local spot. And now they're just you know this other thing." You know, like yeah. I, I don't know how that I don't know how that works as a place grows outside of people's comfort zone. I think I think what you'll find is that you'll see that the majority of the experience, like we're not losing focus on home. In fact, we're pouring more resources into the three breweries we have within a five mile radius here now, but it ought to grow the pie. And that's, that's the idea. Like bring more customers under the fold and have more people make trips up here. Like there, there's a lot of people that don't know what dark charge is. And you can tell that story so much better in person than through a million different social medias and videos and right. all those sorts of things. And so, I don't know. I, I think overall, I think it will be really, really special. And and I think as we look to the future of, of what this can be and some of the new beers that are coming out next year, I think it really puts us in a spot that we're excited. I mean, we're excited to grow again. And, and this year, to Evan's point, like I feel like this year was all about learning. There's a lot of weird things happening right now. I mean, just, I mean... <laughs> No one, you know, no one's working downtown. And if they are, they're working Tuesday through Thursday. So you got to start to get your feet underneath you and understand a little bit about the trends that are the new consumer and and how do those play with what they want. I mean, people went from seltzer because they wanted something that didn't taste like beer but was better for you back to light beer. I mean, you're seeing Bud and Miller grow again. And it's because because of a plethora of decisions or, uh, of options on the shelf that's confusing people. And so we're thinking a lot about that and, you know, how do we leverage the Braxton Labs arm of what we do to create those innovative products, but also stay true to, like, Braxton's a Cincinnati brewery, and we're pumped about that. How do you do that? How do you, on the beer side, how do you how do you be aware of the trends and kind of and, and not be afraid of them and be willing to kind of do it and, and, and make these things as they as they pop out on the market and people are kind of yelling about but then also stay true to you know you guys are one of the best lager breweries in the city and that like that how do you do that well, it's while really you- <laughs> fortunate right now Noam, that loggers are sexy again <laughs> yeah, but, but what do you what do you like how do you how do you play that game of that balance yeah. of not not getting not holding on too tight to something as it's going this way when there's this other thing over here that maybe is the next thing that people are going to be yelling about yeah it honestly has a lot to do with how we approach innovation, right? And I, I will say kudos to us. Like it, you know, like you said, we saw over the weekend just the the revealing of dark charge variants. Like I, I think you have to know deep down who your customer is, which is why we spent so much time this year understanding what's happening in our tap rooms, understanding who's drinking our beer, who's coming into our tap rooms, and all of that. Once you understand who your customer is it allows you to inform the products you need to be making. Like we know, for instance, and I don't, I may jinx myself right now, but dead blow or blown gasket should always be on tap at every tap room that we have, period, because we have a a crowd that really likes dark beer. Right. Dark beer doesn't sell in the market. Like you can't make that a priority for a distributor. They'll laugh you out of the room. The one dark beer that does sell is Guinness and they own that handle because it's nitro. So, when we start to look at this and we think about innovation, like it's not like, how do you make lagers sexy? Like that, that's the coolest part. Like we think about Oktoberfest, which October fuel was probably my second favorite beer that we make outside of dark charge. 
creating the Oktoberfest festival and everything that is celebrating that beer is awesome. You think about some of the other loggers and what you can be doing. You know, we, I went back and forth with Zach, our, our innovation brewer, about how we can create and mimic the experience of Europe for Kolsch in our mm-hmm. tap rooms. And we're going to try it. And it's like, so it's, it's not just about the product. Like 10,000 breweries, more than 75% of them make great beer. It can't just be about the product. It also can't just be about what you make and staying true to it, or you'll be eroded away by, by trends that are happening. So we've always got our ear to the ground of what's coming new and trying new things and seeing what hits, but we also stay true to who we are. Like we, we know, just prime example, I love Jubilee because Jubilee is our best IPA that we make outside of Tropic Flare. It's different. It's unique. I think we, it's way better than Tropic Flare, personally. Well, I appreciate that, man. <laughs> I appreciate that. But, Wait, Tropic Flare is an IPA? That's, yeah. Uh, <laughs> but at the same time, like we also know that the majority of the customer of Braxton does not turn to us for IPAs. Right. So IPA innovation has to look very different for us. Because if we start doing three, four, five, six core West Coast you know, juicy IPAs out of, out of labs, people will notice and they'll be upset because we're not the IPA brewery. That being said, we know that we have to get better in that category. We have to keep working on things like Jubilee, what's next, et cetera. So it's a balancing act. And I wish I could tell you there's an exact science, but there really isn't. Right. What about like taproom experience though? Like how do you, especially as it grows to more and more taprooms, how do you create a taproom that feels like Braxton that speaks to who Braxton is, but then also, kind of instills its own personality a little bit into that that's it's a good question uh it i think it's got a lot to do too with you know in the past with the exception of cincinnati when we opened prior taproom locations we had given them their own identity right right so you had labs you have barrel house barrel house isn't going to change that is a totally different experience and it should be right it's very warm it's cozy in there uh, whereas Cincinnati is a, a different take on this facility. Um, and I think realistically, like you've got your textures and your furniture and your fixtures that, that can create a space, but it's how you treat the guest, uh, your knowledge, the knowledge the, the, the staff has of the product, um, and just curating an overall experience that makes you feel warm, welcome, and you want to come back again. Um, and that's something that we're really trying to define as we look towards two, three, four more tap rooms. I just, uh, for me, you know, you, you mentioned it a little bit there of these, these tap rooms that you guys have opened already. Um, each had this thing that made them so unique to what the Braxton tap room experience was. Like, there's, if, if you love Braxton and you want a small kind of cozy place. You know, obviously, you can go to Barrel House. If you, if you like this kind of open, you know, like old school kind of tap room, tap room, you come here. If you like the more artsy kind of thing, you go to Cincinnati. You know, like it's they all have these very distinct personalities. And it's like, how do you, how do you keep that going? Yeah. You know, that's a, there's, there's only so many experiences you can provide somebody, right? Well, yeah. well to be honest <laughs> with you and, and, you know, let you in on a little inside baseball, like, we, we think about our tap rooms as various aspects of the house. It's only fitting that we're sure. born in a garage. So Covington is our garage. I mean, this is where we were born. It used to have a physical garage in the space. It's everything that we want to do. It's got the rooftop on top of it now, which is it's, it's an incredible facility. Barrel House is, is, our, is our basement. Like it's, it's basically your area you want to hang out in. You keep things that are warm. It's that neighborhood bar, like, you know, kind of plays well into the family friendly aspect. We call Cincinnati our living room. 
uh, because it's got that beautiful TV setup. We activate sports there more frequently than not. And we think there are several other aspects of the house that could be like pretty that. interesting. I like we, that a lot. As we play forward. And, and as long as we stay true to those things, those things that we believe truly make Braxton what it is, we think there's room for four more. Sure. I mean, and, and how does that play out? Because you also have to play into the other locale. Like we're, we're talking about tap rooms that may be outside of greater Cincinnati. Right. We haven't landed on those yet. Um, you know, by now, a few weeks ago, we will have announced CVG, like inside of the airport. That's fantastic. Like to be the brewery in the airport is something that we only dreamed of when we opened this place. Like we're pumped about that and, and what that can mean for opening the door to 8 million people that fly out of CVG every year some of which have never been here, never even heard of us. Right. So as we think about it, we think that there's some really unique spaces and, and things that we can do that that really take this thing a step forward. That's, I like that a lot. I like that comparison to the house. Uh, I look forward to the backyard, the uh, Braxton Beer Garden up in Fairfield, uh, <laughs> just really you, close to my house. I'm uh, getting a backyard. <laughs> I just don't think it's north. It might be south. <laughs> Man, that Uber bill is going to get really bad soon. <laughs> Uh, when you guys look, when you get outside of, of Braxton and the Braxton mindset and, and, and trying to run this thing, like what, what are some of the things about craft beer today that get you guys excited? And what are some of the things that maybe maybe don't? Because uh, the, it's been so weird. And not, not, to, not to blame Seltzer. I think Seltzer kind of highlighted something that was already happening in craft beer and that was going to happen for a long time. But um, it's just it's been strange to see as a craft beer fan and, and maybe maybe a little uncomfortable. And yeah, yeah, I get it. Why don't you go with that? Uh, yeah, I think, I mean, for me, what makes me excited, uh, I, I still love trying new beer. Um, you know, I was in Chicago the last two weekends, um, and we went to a, a number of different spots I had never heard of, never been to before, beers I had never tried. Um, we hung out at Dovetail Brewing. Uh, phenomenal lagers, a lot of German-based styles. Uh, yeah. You can order a flight, not a flight, a tray of Hellas. Love it. Uh, it's it was it was a great experience. <laughs> uh, and then visiting some old like tried and true. We went to Revolution uh, there on Saturday, and I love, I still love, and I think I will continue to love just trying new things and visiting new Andal, uh, just to see kind of what they've done with the place. Right, like. I'm sure there are some people that haven't been back here since we ripped out the middle of our tap room. It's a totally right. different experience. Um, and just having that ability. Uh, what doesn't excite me, um, I'm not, that's a tough one. I, I think de it depends on where the next trend goes. Uh, I was never on, I'm not a haze boy, so I don't, <laughs> I don't love New England IPAs. I get their need in the marketplace and I, I understand people love them. Um, but as long as it's not going to like another seltzer based uh, category within craft, I, I think I'm just going to be overall excited about where we're at. It. Well, it's it's cool because like you can, like you said, you can sit down somewhere at some little unknown brewery that's in some little tiny neighborhood outside of a city, and like you can sit down and just have the best experience ever and drink incredible beer. Uh, goes the other way sometimes too yep. where you sit down somewhere and you're like oh this is gonna be great and then you say why are people here like, yeah. what is what is happening with this but like just not that i'm saying bad beer is a good thing but that ability of like never knowing what you're in for is fun like it's yeah, like yeah. that sitting down and just the excitement of trying something new and not knowing what you're in for is is, is, is a good time yeah it really is what about you yeah <laughs> I think, I think what excites me most is that um, I, I think so I, I think what you're going to find over the next 6 to 12 months is 
a renewed focus on people investing in what they're great at. Uh, and I think the ones that learn that earliest on are going to be the ones that, that make it through the next six to 12 months. Um, meaning, meaning I think the past three years and, and us as well, I mean, I'll, I'll say it like a lot of people were tra chasing things they didn't belong chasing, like they had no business chasing. For us in seltzer, I would argue that I, I still believe Vive is one of the best tasting seltzers on the market. I'm still proud of the work that we did there, but we don't really commercially produce it anymore. It is what it is. I think the next six to 12 months are gonna force breweries into understanding what is a worthy thing to chase. What do I really need to be to be an amazing business that makes it through recession, no recession, who knows? It, it just doesn't look great, right? It just doesn't look as exciting. The, the economy has been strong every single day that Braxton's been open up until the pandemic. That's gonna be really interesting for a lot of breweries. I think the thing that has me a little nervous is that that's going to be interesting for a lot of breweries. Yeah. Um, and a lot of the conversations that I'm having right now are, I won't say alarming, alarming is not the right word, but, but a lot of conversations I'm having right now are not, Hey, we're looking to add more stainless. Hey, how do we, can we get some more beer? Can we do this? Can we do this? It's, it's, Oh wait, no one came back after the pandemic or wow. Like we have half of our capacity available. What do we do? And debt isn't going anywhere. And it, a lot of fundamental business things that I think are going to make it really challenging for the industry as a whole. And I, I, I don't take that lightly. Like we have a lot to figure out as well at Braxton, but, but at the same time, like there's a world now, I think you, there's 90 breweries in greater Cincinnati. Depending on how you count it. Sure. Yeah. I, I, I'm not sure that we're going to have that many in a year. And that makes me really nervous. See, I don't, I don't know. Like I've, I've talked to people a lot about that. Like, I don't know that the number goes down, Sure, but it will not be the same list. Like I, I think that we were, we're going to lose more breweries than because we really haven't lost that many breweries. When you really look at that list yeah. of places that there's are closed, a lot of free money out there now, uh, <laughs> it's been mostly places opening. And I, but I think that I still think that's going to continue. There, there are people that are still so excited about beer that yeah. they're going to open new breweries, and that's that's not going to slow down at all. But some of those places that maybe we think shouldn't close will yeah. for for various reasons. And I think that's the stuff that that scares me, right? Like we scare is the wrong word, but like there are institutions in this industry that you know. I mean, we we always talked about how how much it hurt that blank slate closed. Right. Like that was a place that when we were coming up, we were super proud of. And I don't want that to happen for any neighborhood. Like I, you know, the, the industry as a whole, especially as the category declines, needs to prop each other up. And, and I don't, I, I'm not seeing a ton of that across the local industry right now. I'm just not. So it'd be interesting to see what happens. But those are the things that I think excite me and scare me. That's good. I, you know, I, I, there are some days where I wake up and I'm like, this is craft beer is better than it's ever been. This is, this yeah. is really exciting time to be a beer drinker. And then there's those days where I wake up and I'm like, Oh shit. Like, <laughs> I, I, what if we, what have we gotten ourselves into? Like, how is this? What, what we want people to, to call Cincinnati beer is the, it's, it just, it goes back and forth for me. And I don't yeah. know if that's like a, like a weird psychological pandemic thing of confusion. And I don't know, but I, um, some days it feels a lot better than others. Sure. Yeah, I get it. I get it. <laughs> As we are approaching Dark Charge Day, I feel really good about graphing. <laughs> but, but like that's the thing. Like you get to these events or like you know be at a festival. Like uh, uh, we just wrapped up Beer Booze and Bonks this year. My my beer festival. Hopefully everybody had a blast. 
yeah. <laughs> Hopefully I can remember the day uh, because my wife is, is, is going to be there this year. So she's driving me to <laughs> and from. So it's going to be a little different than last year. Um, but, you know, like you see events like that that just make you make you feel really good. And you like you see this the side of community and of craft beer and of this, the, the excitement of it. Yeah. And then there's there's other days where you see stuff happening and you're like, man, like what? Are you you're really like posting that on social media and talking about this place or you know like it just it it's so it's so polarizing which now that I'm saying that is not really surprising for the the world we live in. All right. Um, what do you guys want people to know about Braxton or about Dark Charge Day or about anything that you think that they don't know? Uh, you know, to me. The Dark Charge Winter Block Party this year is going to be unlike anything we've ever seen. Two days, that's a huge thing, huge investment. But we're bringing out the best guest taps we've ever done. We're importing some that aren't traditionally sold here. Exciting. Like, we are, we're fired up about that. The food partners are better. The music is better. Like, if you've not been to Braxton in the past year, do yourself a favor and come down. The event is free. You can grab VIP tickets, although there's only a handful left. Um, but come down experience what we're all about and and then be on the lookout for where we go from here like i i am really fired up about what's next for braxton i really am and it took me a while to get there i'll be blunt like it it this hasn't been the best year i mean you know we we were on a rocket ship and you learn a lot you try to understand what's what's going on and and i'm now at a point where i couldn't be more excited about where we're headed and whether it's in tap rooms, I'm excited about our beer lineup for next year. Like it's it's back to an investment and a focus on beer. Well, like it's seeing, awesome. Did seeing, someone say classic styles? <laughs> <laughs> well, even even this year, seeing Sparky come back on tap yeah. and uh, Twisted Bit, and like there's been some beers that I see up there that I'm like, oh. We had an idea, though, <laughs> but but I I killed it. Our marketing team had an idea to have a throwback night where we had every beer that we opened with, and I said, absolutely not. <laughs> We're not producing Crankshaft again ever. <laughs> No, but we got Switch. and People and would come for that. that. Yeah. There would be people that were like, oh, I got to get that again. <laughs> I believe it. I was sitting down at, uh, at Barrel House on, gosh, I want to say it, was, it wasn't yesterday. Maybe it was Friday. And two, two older gentlemen walked in. Like, you guys got, uh, it was before revamp. It was before revamp. What was it? It was like, Crankshaft? It's like, yeah, I'm looking for Crankshaft. We don't, we don't make that. <laughs> try, try a Switch, which yeah. honestly is uh, an IPA I'm very proud of um, that, were they just as happy with the switch? They, they loved it. <laughs> okay. They loved it. They loved it. So. What do you want people to know about Braxton? You think they don't know? Yeah, I mean, I, I think, um, you know, if you think about Braxton from the inception to where we're at now, one thing that we always used to boast about and really pat ourselves on the back about and we're really prideful of was just the overall variety that we offered on our tap lineup. And I think that's still true today. Um, you, you can get a, a traditional Dortmunder style lager. You can get a fruited sour. You can get your pastry stouts, your hazy IPAs, right. and everything in between. Um, and, and we've got a team that's excited for each of those styles. Uh, so I've got you know part of a production team that's so fired up in just classic styles, some that are so fired up on pastry stouts right. and fruited sours. Like We have the ability to play to each of those things. Uh, that gives us, I think, of an, a, a short of an advantage um, to, to maintain, you know, 36 beers on tap. Right. Um, and I think that, you know, one, you know, a lot of, like we said, we, customers changed and we're kind of going in a different direction instead of pushing regional distribution, more taproom focus. I think variety is very important. And I think that's one thing that has kind of stayed true in the last eight years we've been open. 
Well, it's something special too. Like there's, uh, there are some breweries where if you go in the tap room, all the beers on tap are things that you just saw on shelf at Kroger or Jungle Gems or wherever you shop. And, um, like that's, that's fine, but like, that's not what I want as a beer drinker. If it's, if, if I'm driving from Fairfield down to Covington, <laughs> there better be something on tap yeah. Yeah. that I couldn't get right. at Jungle Gems. <laughs> and, right. and you guys have done a really good job of that. And I got in an argument the other day with somebody about what tap room has the best variety on. And I was thinking about it for a while. And I, I said, Braxton, I said, I think, I think Braxton right now has the best variety of beer and that's not to take away from the other places. Sure. And, you know, Madry was the one I think that they were arguing. Like, you know, you go to Madry and that is the best variety. And so we, we pulled up the list and we you know, put a, <laughs> made a little spreadsheet. And, you know, <laughs> and Braxton won. Braxton had a better variety on tap at that time. And, you know, don't, don't send me an email, guys. I'd be Brady and Kenny. Uh, but, like, it, that's, that's hard to do in a city like Cincinnati with yeah. breweries like Rheingeist and Madry yeah. that are just cranking and just, like, just have – tap room nailed as far as what what their people want like that's you guys you guys are kicking ass so Thank you. Thank keep, you. keep kicking i appreciate it <laughs> Thank you. we're excited um, for dark charge man yeah if, if you guys uh, have not already marked it on your calendar mark dark charge weekend what is it the <laughs> the fourth and the fifth this year is uh, that right second and third i'm close yeah <laughs> it's uh it is like i said my favorite beer holiday because it is the only real beer holiday at this point. I know every weekend that every year, what weekend it's going to be. And, um, hopefully all of you guys do too, but if not uh, mark it on your calendar, get down here and, uh, get yourself some dark charge because it's, uh, it's an experience. <laughs> Thanks. No, I appreciate it. <laughs> Thanks, we'll, we'll be back next week. It is Cincy Brewcast. It's the voice of Cincy craft.